hungry. Hungry. Run the track. Darling, there's only one God. Darling, there's only one God. The Dirty Bag Podcast is your virtual check-in spot to celebrate the highs, unpack the lows, and sort through the in-betweens of life. It's a place to laugh, cry, self-correct, and cut up. I'm your host, Cookie, and I'm in these grown folk trenches right along with you. Well, darling, there's only one God. Darling, there's only one all right, welcome to the Dirty Bag Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie, and I got a season one vet today. I got my girl, Denitria. First off, how you doing, sis? I'm making it. I'm making it. <laughs> my good sis is giving life again. So last time we was just dealing with these kids, we was talking about being moms, but now you joining in a different era of motherhood. So now you really in my club. From my yes. last conversation, you've been reflecting on being intentional. So we're going to get into that because we realized life is but a perm box. This is my mantra for everything now. Life ain't nothing but a perm box. It looks a certain everything way. Ain't always, yes. It looks a certain way, but that ain't what it is. So stop trying to follow behind what everybody else is doing and do what's right for you. Because you might try to do what everybody else is doing, not get the same results and realize they wasn't even doing what they thought they was doing. So with that being said, with you being a mother this time around, you have two beautiful daughters already. What are your thoughts on approaching parenting differently? And we spoke about this before from your own personal experiences and how are you using that to fuel how you, how you move this time around? Um, being more work, being more educated. Um, I remember when I was listening to one of your podcasts um, talking about a doula. I had never, I had two kids. I had never heard about a doula. It wasn't until I listened to your podcast that I was like really informed. I think you had two parts and I listened to both of them about a doula. And I was like, hold up. I felt robbed. I felt completely robbed because of the information that I did not have. Um, yeah. My mother had a C-section. I didn't have like this. I didn't know it was like support. Like, and I focused more this time around not on the baby shower, not on about the ego of um, having a baby, but more so spiritually and mentally preparing myself and resting um, yeah. this time around. Instead of focusing on like the photo shoot and all of that. And right. I went through postpartum with both my girls. I, I, I'm choosing to invest more so in my mind, body, and soul. Like I'm exercising, I'm doing yoga. And I ended up having two C-sections. So now I'm trying to have a natural birth that I didn't even think was possible until I started educating myself. Okay. Okay. So the being intentional. And I like that you, you bring that up because so many people put so much into the baby shower and the photo shoots, which I did this time around because I didn't get to enjoy that with my son. I was only 19, but right. I, I was on that doula stuff. I was consulting with not one, but two different, con 
two different doulas my whole pregnancy. But the funny thing about that episode, and this is going to tie into some real shit. I got so depressed after both of those because I didn't realize I was still in my postpartum period. And it brought up so much triggering shit for me. Like the fact that I didn't have the support that I kind of needed and that I was strong black woman. And we talked about this my way through some stuff when I really should have just said, I need somebody to come in right now. Like sometimes I suffered in silence and listening to these women, and this is going to bring up some important too, that had husbands that were Uh partners that were around the whole time, not just who they was dating or whatever, they went through it. So even as married women, they struggled and went through postpartum and felt alone. I was like, we got to have this conversation. So my Y'all think that things are perfect because of a certain thing, but it's all about intentionality and what type of intentional support you have around you. Don't make the assumption that everything is all peaches and cream with somebody because of what it looks like on the outside, right? Right. Uh Okay, good, good, good. I'm good. But yeah, just that whole support, like no matter where you are and what your relationship status is, you go through and that episode had me like, if y'all felt like this, with your mother-in-law and husbands and all of this one girl said they ended up divorced you still feel alone I did I went through the same thing too yeah but we don't talk enough about it because we like to put on and I talk about that all the time about putting on appearances and looking good for people or social media and trying to save face when you're struggling absolutely and that's just kind of yeah so the fact that you checking into doulas because I recommend that for everybody Everybody, doulas are lifesavers. It's so worth it. And I got a midwife too. Um, Come on now. I'm, I'm messing with uh, Jemai Village. Um, she on social media. and I, I know who that and, is. Yes. And I didn't really, you know, I thought it was a lot of hype behind it. I'm like, because, you know, you see everybody on social media looks good. You're like, okay, let's see. But when I tell you the experiences that, that I'm having that is so amazing, the energy, the love, the it's it's like it's amazing. I'm I'm really blown away at her services. And you know what? I think the reason I was able to even have a natural birth is because I had a doula. So that's somebody that coaches you through it. So the fact that you are more than likely gonna experience that, yes. because you can. Uh-huh. That's gonna be dope. But so uh, you got the doula down. So we got that. Right. But even me and you had talked about kind of like being intentional and setting boundaries and stuff when you're trying to take care of yourself. Because remember the first thing I did when I called you, I was like, I am sorry, girl, I've been trash. And you immediately hit me back like, uh nah. no. No. We grown. Exactly. And you was literally letting me know like. Nah, when we in different phases and stuff, sometimes people are just busy. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of what's unrealistic mm-hmm. when friends are going through life transitions and what you can and can't expect from people. And when you said, well, I mean, I'm gonna let you break it down in your own words, but I was like, you know what? I feel like that's something I was trying to communicate. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Cause you made a post about that. Like, People expect you to check on them. And that's not, that's just not realistic. And that had me thinking like, you know what? We, you don't know what people going through. You don't know, like depression is real. And um, black women do go through depression. 
Don't get me wrong. I've, I've been even depressed with this, um, with this pregnancy. I had to, you know, admit it, you know, face it, different things like that. You just never know what people are going through. And that's real. And did nobody have to carry like, I just feel like we'll connect when we're supposed to. That's all. And that's, that's it. but that's honest though. Yeah, that's but, honest. But I think it's not to take it personal. I think that when you dealing with your stuff and I'm sitting here watching like, okay, that's skin glowing, that's popping. You out here traveling. Okay, <laughs> girl, you living. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't getting the trouble right now. So I'm gonna let you do, you know. But girl, we just... go through seasons. I'm going, I'm gonna go through a season where I ain't gonna be traveling either. But I went through a season where I, I, it was, it was flowing. It was right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you was unapolog- unapologetic about it. And like, I'm going to enjoy, you take seasons of joy and just be okay being selfish. And we talked about that S word. Yes. And why it's important <laughs> and how it's okay to be in your selfish season. People call it selfish. I call it self-care. Like if you, nobody knows how to take care of you better than you. Even when, you're in a, even when you're in a relationship. And I'm in a relationship and I still value my self-care. I still like time myself. I still like to go out to eat by myself. A lot of people probably like, what girl, what? It's me. That's what I like to do. I make sure that I still, um, and we both selfish and we honor that from each other. I get it. Yeah. You know, it ain't about, oh, you, we gotta be, we still two individuals. And that's what people fail to realize. Everybody want to come into this, we won. But um, I'm Denitria. We got two different minds. We, we still think differently. And it's still about honoring yourself at the end of the day, too. Yeah, and we talked about that even with our kids. Absolutely. Thank yes. Because you, <laughs> you can get lost with them, too, honey. Yes, you can get these lost kids. Mm-hmm. These kids and still taking care of yourself and treating yourself because you know how it's told is you got to take care of them kids first. Worry about them kids. You're here for your kids. It's about your kids. And we neglect ourselves and wonder why we're not the best parents we can be. Yeah. We haven't been taught to treat ourselves as a priority. Especially when we, be, when we become parents. Yes. And that's crazy. Uh, there was a post recently and it went viral. Somebody basically, I think they were like 89 and their kid asked them what their biggest regret in life was. And there's a lot of controversy behind it. And I guess that person admitted that they never wanted to have kids. They told this to their adult child. Now, yeah, it was, and it was like 50, 50. Some folks were like, you never say, even if they're adult, you never say that to your kids. Then the other side was like, 89, 89 year old don't give a shit. They damn near at the end of their life. So they being honest about stuff. Yeah, be honest. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, okay, that's a jacked up thing to say to your kids. But it also sounds like signs of somebody who never lived their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Never lived their life. And they might have harbored some bitterness towards. And and feel, and they feel like, um, I was talking to a coworker about that feel like they was robbed like I raised you and they probably feel like if they would have kids they would have had a different type of life but why are we 
but me turns out one kid. So I think in terms of balance, you know, um, of setting time aside for myself and my kids, I think they both matter. But you and know. I make sure I let my kids know, like, hey, I need some time myself. No, I don't want you in, I don't want you in the bathroom with me right now. Yeah, you're gonna cry. But right now I need to be by myself. And I need to teach you how to prioritize yourself. And the best way I could do that is to be an example and to show you, like, hey, my mama did both. She raised me and she made sure she took care of herself. A lot of, a lot of mothers don't do that. They sacrifice themselves to take care of their kids. And I realized that's, that's been the program of motherhood. And that's, uh-uh, no. I still think about myself. Right. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be 89 with that regret that lady had. Right. And I think also there's a stigma when mothers do prioritize themselves, they get shamed for it. Because you'll see comments all the time, oh, yeah. like, why are y'all outside? You why don't you ever have your kids and you, <laughs> you look like you stay in the streets. And, but I'm judging, judging. You have no idea. It's so, no idea. First of all, you can't police what self-care looks like to a mother. Absolutely. Number one, you don't have a, a rec- you don't have a 24 hour access to how somebody lives their lives. You seeing snippets, you seeing oh, no. what people choose to share. So if folks posted their kids all the time, you'd be like, dang, all you do is post your kids. And most people feel like when you post your kids all the time, which some mothers do, they overcompensate for not having yeah, a life. Sure do. Just hide behind their kids. I see it. Yep. Living through. I see it all the time. I see it. Won't have not one picture of themselves of the and I, I got somebody in my family like that, and I see it all the time. I said, she's living her through her door. Because she, she has nothing going for her. Nothing, nothing. nothing. And I said, well, when she get grown, what's she going to do? Right. Uh-uh. That's real. People will hide behind their kids, and it's overcompensation mm-hmm. for letting their kids just, like, take everything away from them. So yeah. I'm like, you can be a good mother. You can be there for your kids, but kids, kids wear you out. This whole general parent, parenting era we in, and to me, I'm a balanced mom. Sometimes I gotta, yep. I can talk. Sometimes I gotta get tough. Ain't exactly. no one size fits all method for me. I know, mamas, and this talk new, about that gentle parent. The hell up. I'm like, okay, I'm I like keep, that works for some kids, but honey, I I'm a real mama. I keep it real with my kids. I, I you know, I teach real life over here. I teach real life and it it goes how it comes. My son was very meek, very mild. He didn't talk much. My daughter, oh, she a thug. That's because she (laughs) is a no limit soldier and she will try me. Not saying I'm harsh with her, but I can't parent her the same way I parent him. And the thing is, a lot of this advice comes from folks whose kids are like two days old. Baby, you ain't been in the trenches long enough. Come on now. Giving nobody parenting advice. So it either comes from those people or folks that ain't got no kids. And I'm like, you ain't been through it yet as a parent. I'm not saying that gentle parenting can't be a thing, but let's just take the labels off. Let's just parent our kids. Try to do the best. Learn from our mistakes and understand that we're dealing with unique individuals. Cause you ain't gonna tell me how to parent. I'm not abusing my child, but she ain't gonna play with me either. Exactly. You let your kids play with you. There's a way to go about everything, but and quit giving out unsolicited advice. Did I ask you? Pretty please. Did I ask you? 
did I did I come in you and say I need your advice? I need your help in raising my child. No. But you know what's so funny? Here's the thing, talking about telling people how to raise their child, sometimes people do what they do based off the resources they have available how they're stretched thin, their lifestyle, their economic conditions. So I hear that, but I'm like, if you had a mama that's working two jobs to make ends meet, nobody's helping her. She's figuring it out all by herself. And these kids are clowning. She's not going to act the same way of somebody that doesn't have to work, doesn't have to work. Got a nanny or the kids at daycare. She ain't got to worry about paying for daycare. And she can go out and do all the self-care spas and brunches she wants. People parent also based on their conditions. Don't nobody want to talk about that. But if you're going to judge how somebody parents their kids, bet. Let me know when you're ready to step in and take these kids for a night while that person can step out, step back, and get a breather. But most folks Come ain't on, on that. Most folks ain't on that. So it's like, okay, oh, they ain't really they trying to help. You what you should do, but they ain't even going to help you. You ain't about this for real. Somebody made a comment. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and he was like, and it was for a different topic, but it's all relevant. He said, there are, pe- there are two types of people. There are people that'll tell you, let me know if you need anything. And then there are folks that'll tell you, here's the four or five things I'm going to do to help you. He was like, most people don't really want to help. They want to have a foot in the door to keep up with what's going on with you in case you do X, Y, Z. And they can reap benefit or say they connected to you. But people that want to help you will help. So instead of all these gentle parenting speeches, how about this? When you see somebody parenting in a style that you don't approve of, since you're so smart and you got it all figured out, why don't you explore and see what's going on to cause them to react to their kids that way and see how you can step in and support if you about what you say you about. Most or fine buzzwords. Man, yo, business. <laughs> Minding your business is always an option. <laughs> it's always on sale. It's Come a on bo- it's logo. Come it's on bogo. now. It's bogo. I'll be like, I'm raising mine over here and that's enough. Like to try to tell somebody else. And I watch other people like, mm, do I need to take a note? Because I know I ain't in this season. But I'm like, you showing me some things. Do I need to prepare? I ain't there yet. I ain't judging you. I ain't there yet. Let me take a note. Mm. And you Should a I- huge advocate of running your own race and like not doing what everybody else because this gentle parenting I'm like y'all started talking about that like in the last two years let's just be honest let's be honest y'all did stop and, and, we, and we were the main ones making fun of white folks we were the main ones making fun of white folks saying that they kids out of control now all of a sudden y'all jump on this wave but tell me your support system first tell me what your village looks like because there are some single mothers there's some married single mothers and we talked about this come on now I was talking to somebody a while back. Somebody hit me up about a collab and I saw that his stuff was based off of like, and I told you about this, about like talking to fatherless mother, uh, yeah, fatherless women. And I'm like, okay, yeah. open the conversation because y'all blaming women for stuff. But people that had two parent homes came up with different experiences as well. Come on now. Not, I'm, an example. I'm an example of that. Come on now. You talked about growing up with both of your parents and what that was. Yes, and most people, and I, I didn't have people be like, you you got a mama daddy, what you complaining for? As if I did not go through in my household. I, I had no voice to be able to, because people expect that I come from go. Like, oh, you, you go. Like, you got a mama and a daddy. 
uh, your parents got a house built from the ground up. And I'm over here like, y'all don't know the real. You don't know the truth. Like how controlling my parents was, how they was emotionally unavailable for me. How I did not have a voice as a child. I could not communicate exactly how I was feeling. I was told how to feel, what to do. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have a voice as a child. So I struggled with my voice even as an adult. And I'm just now talking and realizing. And sometimes I overshare, like I've seen this TikTok look like, because you didn't have a voice as a child. I'm like, that's me. So sometimes I can tend to overshare and overindulge and people see I'm extra when I wasn't even hurt as a child. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even have an attitude. You What? You playing catch up. Yeah. But people don't expect that because of the myth that people that come from single parent homes or whatever. Man, I, I wish I came from, I'm over here wishing I came from a single parent household because I'm like, man, Y'all had voices, y'all was heard, y'all was seen. Whereas my father was very controlling. Like I couldn't, I didn't have no voice. What do you think that your parent, do you think that your parents' dynamic and relationship with each other's con- with each other contributed to how they treated you or tried to control your voice? Like, do you think that there's a connection between the two? Well, I know that their relationship was toxic. Okay. Very toxic. Um, okay. my, my father was, my father wasn't, physically abusive but he was verbally hey that can to my mother that's dangerous. And, I, and I hated him for years because I hated how he used to talk to my mom and I couldn't do nothing you know to protect her you know my dad would just he would yell and I didn't know I was struggling I remember when I moved back with my parents and when my father called my name my heart was like trembling and I'm like, what the hell? And I, I went to therapy because in that moment I knew I'm like, why am I so still triggered when my father called my name? And that was anxiety. That was PTSD. Ooh, we talked about that. Yeah, that stem from, from my father. I'm like, this ain't normal. I'm like, why? I'm I'm in my 30s. You call my name and I'm trembling. Cause I don't know if, if I did something, I don't know if I did. Like what I do, and I, it's the little girl inside of me screaming like, and I'm like, okay, and then I have to check myself. Like, why, why am I feeling like this? And I really, I had to, I had to go through, but you know, healing is a process. So I had to, you know, went through the healing of you know trying to forgive my father, but I also went through a season where I was like, fuck him. And it's all okay. You know, it's all okay. And that's so crazy. You have that story, but other women get shamed and talked about saying they have daddy issues. Daddy issues is not a, a single parent household thing. It's a whoever nah. thing relative Absolutely. to the person, to the daddy. Absolutely. And I used to, and what's so crazy is I remember being a daddy's girl and I see how my dad treated my girls. Like I was a daddy girl since so I was four. And so I started having my own mind. Then when I wasn't able to be controlled, when I tried to voice my opinion, it was almost like you were knowing now. You're not a daddy's girl. I just remember being rejected. So I remember, I know the root cause of my rejection and it's from my father. They're not ready for that. <laughs> They're not ready for that part. 
it, there's more than one way of rejection. Rejection comes yes. in all forms. All forms. And you had it in your get face. Get their root. Get into their root of where it first stemmed from was deep. Because sometimes I felt rejected even in my marriage. I felt rejected by other people. But getting to the root cause of my rejection is when that when I could really start to heal from that. That was so important. See, and that's why, especially with mothers, we got to be so careful, especially with our daughters. Yes. Because we, you know, men can be strong. I mean, we, our strength is different, but we get blamed for our strength. But so much mm -hmm. of it, like us being accepted, even down to our looks and all of that, it comes from what we're told at home. Those are our first examples from our emotional health to our physical. So we got on that. We didn't even get on how hey, well, my, parent, my parents never told me I was beautiful. So I struggled with that. And I didn't realize until after I had a daughter. Oh, mama, you never told me. Her mother never told her. So it's I make it a point to tell my daughter. So this is it's part of like I'm breaking generational curses. I'm like, I'm seeing this stuff. <sighs> Healing is not easy, honey. And you it's got, and both of your girls got locks, right? There's one of them. My other baby, she just got braids in her hair. They kind of look like locks, but they not locks. But here's the thing, though. The whole thing with beauty, I'm so glad you brought that up. Mothers are the first critics, like a daughter's first yep. critic. And you saying that you weren't, you know, really told that you were beautiful. But then a lot of times women will overcompensate trying to look a certain way. You got locks. So you embrace beauty in its most natural form. Yeah, you because that's the only thing that look, girl, that's the only thing I can rock, honey, that look right on me. <laughs> But you see what we found out recently about what we all try to do, like as far as yeah. just for me. Come on, yes. Let's get Girl it. Girl was hot when I when I seen that TikTok. We just found out, y'all, recently, if you ain't been paying attention, that all of these girls on these perm boxes actually did not have relaxers. This whole time. They all had their hair pressed or they had to be hair. This whole time. And we all got our hair straightened. Our scalps burn, sores. We deserve Man. compensation. And it didn't even give what it was supposed to give because those girls that whole time, their mamas cared about their hair, but they let them get that coin too. So we got sold a lie. And our mothers pushed it on us. And some of us, I see women on Instagram now trying to make these babies' hair lay slick and mm -hmm. weave to their hair. And they only want yeah. to. So I disagree with that. I'm going to say it now. I disagree with it. These little girls are babies. There's nothing wrong with letting little girls wear their natural hair. They want, girl, they want in the hair weaving her hair. One. And I used to, people used to look at me sideways when my daughter was a baby because she wore her, she, we blew Ivy till she was two. Fro, and I, I got asked a couple of times, like, when are you going to do something to her hair? And I was like, it's a fro, it's done. Because exactly. I knew, number one, she had a best chance of her hair growing healthy and strong. And it's a fro and she's a baby. Absolutely. Why are you pulling and snatching on this little girl's edge just trying to get edge control? It's a baby. So to me, I feel like you're sending a message to your daughter early about beauty standards, societal standards, and what she needs to look like. Because a one or two-year-old, even three-year-old, they don't know yet. Nope. But you know, to me, they look ain't good enough for you. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem for me. Sorry, I ain't trying to judge nobody if I got a problem with that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing it either I'm just and I and neither one of my girls have had um 
and had perms. Like my my first daughter, I had went and she wanted to experience, you know, getting her hair, you know, uh, pressed out. And she wanted fro she wanted her hair to look like frozen. And so this was a good experience for her. So I went and got it blow dried out and everything. She didn't think straight her get nappy. Oh, fucked around and found out. Oh, she found out. I said, what? <laughs> so she was in, like you said, looks at the same. So you, you into this, like you won't, I'm, I'm giving, you know, I want you to have experiences now because I want you to learn now. So I'm like, okay, you gonna, I'm going to let you get, you want your hair bone straight, found a lady, did her hair, got her bone. She wouldn't let me comb it. Would not. She went a week. <laughs> Her story getting mad. And I said, okay. I said, I just spent $60 getting your hair. The you amount know what I'm saying? Looking good and you, you know, uh-uh. Okay. I said, it's either you get two things. You finna get locks or you finna get cut. You finna get it all the way cut off. You're gonna be at the barbershop. No. Because this, again, I feel like once they hit a certain age, five, six, and they're like, you know, I want to get this, that, and the third, and they're at a yep. to make up their own mind and stuff. Okay, let them experiment with some stuff. Yep, let them experiment. Yep. And but a one through three-year-old is a baby. I'm going to no. say it again. One through three-year-old is a baby. Why? She don't need inches. You want her to have inches because you don't feel comfortable without inches. So now you're putting that on your daughter and she's going to feel that unless she has inches or a 16 inch ponytail or some braids down to her butt, that she's not cute. If she chooses that, cool, but don't set that, don't make that foundation for them to need extra before they even know. When I do take my hair out or whatever, y'all, first of all, for anybody goes, you wear a weave too. I went natural in 05 before it was a thing. I went natural when we didn't even have natural hair products yet. I was using blue magic and was getting braid outs. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Doing. So I did, and my stuff is 4C. I wore my natural hair when people were looking at me weird my senior year of college, like, what are you doing? So I went through all the phases. I love a protective style, but I've never not felt like I wasn't beautiful with my hair. I shaved it off a couple of years ago. I wanted to be like Dora Milaje after Black Panther came out. I shaved, I cut my hair off and I felt actually the most beautiful bald head. I didn't know they was on me like that. Didn't nobody uh -huh. tell me that bald life hit different. So I went through all of it. But when I take my hair down, I make it a point to play in my fro with my daughter, take as many videos as possible with the two of us with our froze together so she can see it. I'm always affirming her hair. It's so beautiful. And she's That's done brand ambassadorships. But I noticed they only like it when her hair is free. I get like some ponytails and braids. It's all clean. They like her hair free. They want, they're creating mm -hmm. products and baby dolls. I like free. Them. I like free hair. I, I, I don't wear it, but I love to see it on other people because a lot of people don't uh, recognize that type of beauty like they should. Like I it has see to be altered. The, the edges have to be laid. Yeah. Does it though? <laughs> Do the edges have to be laid? Why? That's alcohol. I, That's I drying. I was like, I love how free your hair looks, you know? Yeah, it's just so I think that that's so there's so many different ways we can harm our kids without realizing it. Well, I don't guess I want to say, well, I can say harm. You setting them up to not accept themselves. So like not giving a child their voice, letting them have opinion. My daughter is strong willed if she don't want to do something. So I, I, I let her 
within reason express herself and not force things yeah. on her. Absolutely. And so I think that's important too. Yeah. I'm building it that confidence. Yes. For them to express themselves, like you said, within reason. Within mm-hmm. reason. Because it, yep. it, I'm not going to always be around. I lost my mom at 14. And my grandma a year later. So it was like me and my grandfather, which that's an older black man raising a young 15 year old girl. He didn't know what he was doing. So there's so many things I wished I'd have had like instilled in me. I was in missing a mother. And when you say like mm-hmm. being a grown woman and having certain triggers and anxiety, I see what a lot of mine is. Like when I go through stuff like that or question myself, there's a part of me that's like, I wish I had my mom or grandma around to tell me, girl, don't worry about it. It's okay. This ain't a big deal. You yeah. ain't gotta do this. You ain't. There's something missing that only a woman can answer for you. That can really help you with that. Yeah. So we just gotta that intentional p- doing parenting your way and setting them boundaries and not letting the world dictate how you create your little universe. That's a game changer. Because everybody got opinions. Everybody got the answers. <laughs> Ain't nobody happy. <laughs> and it's good because you could have understood the history behind a lot of stuff too. Like, baby, this is what you do. And you, you, you know, you feel like you miss miss that that guidance, you know, that that most the footprint, you know, that most grandparents and and parents leave for they for their children. But you know what? I learned that chosen families are important also. Absolutely. I have you that. You don't have that. Yeah, instead he's wilding so much in the fact wish he was there. It's, I know it's hard to accept what he is, you know, but yeah. being you able can, to... You can pick the father you want. <laughs> well, I mean, if somebody gives you that guidance, because I actually have that and I've had it for some time. It's dope when somebody that is not blood connected steps in and they fill in a gap for you. Because it's somebody that chose it. It's not an obligation or somebody that potentially never wanted you to begin with. Mm-hmm. Not letting you have your voice, but it's somebody that's like, all right, you ain't my daughter, but you my daughter. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that's real. So yeah. And I hope somebody gets something out of this. I hope y'all are like listening and not cave into the pressures or even with this, like you talking about your father and stuff like that. I think that's so huge. Because there's some people that probably feel like they shouldn't have be, be allowed to have a voice because they had these things that everybody says you need to have for your life to be perfect, but it still don't make your life perfect. No. Oh, I think every I think everybody, rich, poor, we all got. Everybody has a story. I think at the end of the day, facts. But you ain't got to hide all the time. You, ain't, you put your mask on because most people can kind of see through it. So you might as well mm-hmm. address the issue and heal. And we, all, we all come here to learn something. So you guys, you come here to learn something. You got something you, that you can probably pass on to help somebody else. Like, hey, you know, I, I even though I had millions of dollars, I still had lessons to learn. You know, I had nothing. I still had some type of lesson. I think everybody want to escape learning you know the lessons but we come here for the lessons facts yeah and you pass them on that's wrong that's life y'all it's living learning passing on and figuring out what does and doesn't work from you subtract and add as you need to and be the best you can be for the people that you're responsible for 
and work with what you got work with what you got and help somebody else be like look I didn't have a mama going growing up but let me tell you you can you can still make it you know what I'm saying it brings like, out, yeah. so you overcame and that empowers other people like you know what she got through that she didn't have a mama grandma she didn't have nobody she making it she's right. still able to thrive she's still able to speak life into right. somebody else that speaks values yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and I in me with my story I can help women who has who have had daddy issues we have similar issues and how to heal from those facts yeah. it's always a process I think that's the thing y'all is just being vulnerable <laughs> enough to let people know you ain't perfect nobody don't is. nobody want that no way don't nobody want that fake ass shit no way so um cut it out <laughs> <laughs> now I know that you are you preparing to bring in more melanin magic you're gonna give birth Yes. Do you want anybody anybody finding you right now? <laughs> or y'all can go back to the last two episodes of last season. I mean, I'm I'm on I'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok. It's just my name, Denitra Brazil. And also I got a blog. I have I don't have anything new on her, but it's also Denitrabrigel.com. www.denitrabrigel.com. Calm. Come on, pregnancy brain. Look, you yeah. <laughs> girls on full mode. Girl, you could see me before this meeting. I was dozed, and I'm like, why am I so tired? Because there's life growing in there, and that's what it is, queen. I'm exhausted, girl. <laughs> we gonna let her go back to sleep though. But I hope y'all got something out of today. So again, y'all, thanking you for coming on today, sis. You know we be mm -hmm. needing that real. Yes, absolutely. We are in whatever we in, y'all. We're applicable. Wear your mask, wash your hands, socially distance. And when you get a free moment, please, because it's important, remember to clean out your dirty bag. Till next time. Well, darling, there's only one dog.